0: Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast. A weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidsen. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. I was kind of just stunned as we started. We we do a countdown before we hit record, and we did it at the exact same time, which never happens. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is either going to be the best or worst episode because we were, like, in sync. Not the Backstreet Boys in sync
1: well I mean it has to be one of the best after a strong start like that yeah (laughs) Yeah, I really really think I set us up for that
0: one Um, All right, so Steve and Miles are here as always we're going to be talking yes say hello hello there we go Uh, we uh, mostly have been talking to each other about the last of us so we're going to talk about episode 3 which um, I will um, undersell by saying was good because it's kind of incredible. Um, I'll recap Sundance a little bit. Nothing really to go crazy over it, but 23 movies later, I might as well mention it. We have some questions, and we will um, briefly address the uh, Andrew Riseborough nomination, Hubbub, which um, people seem to be making a thing out of, somewhat surprisingly. We'll get into it. Um, first up uh miles how is uh how is your your 28 days of love going your prep work uh well my prep
1: work is not existent this is kelly's show i'm just uh you know i'm just a a semi-reluctant passenger (laughs) you're not girding your loins i'm you know i know that we've got some bangers in there and we're starting with the before movies which i've legitimately been trying to get to so
0: you know know i think she's with
1: I think we're ending with Punch Drunk Love, which is probably oh, nice. my personal favorite, so that was a classy move on her part. But there's some... She, she's done a really good job of making it varied. that's what I'll say. Mm. Um, I know, Steve, you had mentioned uh, I should put out a, um, a list or something. I'll probably do that on Twitter. Should be up by the time you hear this, and we will already Thanks, be on the way. But we will be starting with the Before trilogy, and I'll put
0: more out from there. It's going to be interesting, because... Imagine, imagine if you don't like Before Sunrise, and you know you. Oh yeah, and I just got a slog through. Yeah. <sighs> oh boy. I mean, you should, at the very least, I think you'll appreciate it. Yeah,
1: I, I like yeah. re- Linklater. I like the actors. I, I'm not worried about that. Thing is, I
2: can, think, I think it can grow on you too because it is the same actors. It is going ahead years at, at a time, and you know, you you revisit these characters, like them or not. It's kind of uh, it's got different things to say each time. So
0: yes, they're are three very different movies. Did did uh, did Kelly program the Gaspar Noe movie Love? She did not. I don't think that one's uh, really on her radar. Uh, well, I think it might. I don't know if it still is. It used to be on Netflix. Oh well. And boy, I wonder all the people who went to watch Love the like the Judd Apatel series and hit the wrong button. Oh dear, because the the love movie starts out with an unsimulated oral sex scene. So I can only imagine. I imagine a lot of people turn it off and some people, you know, I imagine like the boyfriend, like cajoled into watching the, uh, the Gillian Jacobs, like rom-com series is like, Hey, I think I like this show. Well, he like, checks what the name of it is. so We can look it up later. he's like, yeah, yeah, no, this is disgusting. This is the wrong love types of phone. Look up what the love blowjob show is. Gasper oh. Noe. Yeah. Ooh, what movie is it? Then realizes it's a long movie that has that kind of stuff, but also is interminable and pretentious otherwise. Yeah, definitely for them. But we're looking forward to to uh, 28 Days of Love. Just like we're looking forward to Steve uh, hopefully finishing The Last of Us game before the show ends. Hopefully.
2: I- I'm on track, I believe. yeah thing is there's no meter so you don't have like anything saying what percentage in the well
0: well, your meter is telling us where you are i'm like oh you're you're this part of the way through it turns out the secret sauce was just making gaming an assignment for you yeah i I, you know i I need deadlines that yeah
2: well deadlines work for me
0: he wants to play he wants to play the the marvel spider-man game so i guess uh you know there'll eventually be another spider-man movie there you go work it out yeah i will make it happen yeah um Let's. Uh, should we take a question or jump into the Last of Us? I'll, I'll leave it with you guys. Do we have multiple questions?
1: We have two questions. Then why don't we do one now, then Last of Us, then the second one, do a sandwich?
0: All right. Mm, getting sexy over here. <laughs> Just what, in time. Sandwich is sexy. Oh, for twenty eight days of love. Yeah. yeah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Let's do RK Flea question. KFlee208 asks, of the 16 first-time acting nominees, who is most likely to win first? Barring they don't win this year. Also, any early Oscar potential out of Sundance, so I guess I know what we're talking about second. Oh, there you go. All right. Do you guys need me to give you the first-timers? Yes, please. All right. Let me pull this up for you. Hang tight. So the entirety of the Best Actor lineup. All right, so let's let's go. Let's let's break it. You want to break it down by ca- by yeah, uh, yeah. acting category first, and then we'll we'll kind of advance them. All right, so the five first timers. Um, we've kind of talked about this before. I think Brendan Fraser has the the looming specter of maybe being a one timer. Yeah, kind of a know. Mickey Rourke situation. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there is a world where he's not back. That is unfortunately easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Whereas Austin Butler's fresh on the scene and, and like i've said probably for the next two or three years we'll get offered every role that fits his age group yeah so you you would assume he will have an opportunity whether it's a good movie or not in the same way of like a like a timothy chalamet right he had a yeah. bunch of things and like beautiful boy didn't work out but it certainly was meant to be a contender i would be shocked if colin Farrell's not back yeah because they've kind of like Figured out. Oh, he's a good actor who we can recognize and things. Well, now the seal is broken,
1: so I feel like it'll be easier for him to get in for maybe some quirkier stuff down the line.
2: Yeah, the variety of work he did this year alone. Really? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like a
0: like a Yorgos movie that gets some attention. Mm -hmm. Like if uh, like I feel like if 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 the the
1: Lobster had come out after Banshees, that one might have been more seriously considered as an acting nominee.
0: Oh yeah, especially after Banshees and after The Favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they would have been like, oh, we like him. Um, then, of course, would the favorite exist after? And then you... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also very true. Um, Bill Nye, he's a weird case because I could just as easily see him being a one and done because of what he normally is in.
1: Well, it's interesting
0: because maybe- he's one of those guys where it's like, how has he never been
1: nominated before? But at the same time, you kind of get the feeling like, because it's not for a movie that like people are really jazzed about or talking about that much. It's like, I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's a perfectly fine movie, but like- I'd like to. It's it's what, yeah, exactly. It's not one that's like, you know, that the public is talking about or that anyone really cares about. So it kind of has that vibe of like, this could be his like one and done just to say they did. Sure. Though, I mean, the right
0: um, supporting role, I think could easily get him back. Totally. You know, I- because he's of that age, where like the scene-stealing supporting player, and then the the X factor of that is Paul Mescal because he's, while well, not being necessarily as young as like an Austin Butler is, it's kind of a fresh face to a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I don't know I him mean, well I, enough to speak on him. Well, I mean, I know his his next big role is the Gladiator sequel now, so <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Well, depends how the Gladiator sequel is. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, have well, you heard about the that. original ideas for that? <laughs> Oh, I, you mean where, where –
0: uh, The Nick Cave where version Russell, or whatever? Where, where Russell Crowe uh, kills Jesus or something like that? Yeah, it's like a weird time travel adventure. <laughs> yeah, he goes through like history as like – a. Like, he's in World War II at one point. Yeah, I – Like there's a part desperately... of me that
1: will never be able to care about the Paul Mescal version because I just know we were denied that. Yeah, like that's the version I want. I want Avenging <laughs> yeah.
0: Angel Murder um, – the hell is it? Maximus. I, I kept wanting yeah. to say Yorgos. Lanth- Yorgos, oh, yeah, Yorgos. <laughs> Which, he was ahead way, of his time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the answer there is Colin Farrell, right? He's, he's probably like... Oh, totally. Not due, but like... If you pegged who's the next winner of the group, it would be him. Um, in Actress, we have um, Michelle Yao. You Hope is not a one and done, but you... I mean, she's been been, she's been here so long that you. We've also been. I I feel
1: like she's maybe similar to a Colin Farrell situation, where that now that she's had her first, it'll be easier for her to get in in like a flashy supporting role or something like that.
0: Quite possibly, Um, Andrea Riseborough, X Factor. You know, been in a ton of things, but rarely is the lead. But
1: she's been in enough Oscar adjacent things or like she's in Birdman and like, you know, she's she she flirts near enough that circle that I feel like she could easily be back for something.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, if Amsterdam had been good, she's she has a showy part there. Like she's in enough stuff that's meant to be awardsy.
2: Will she yeah. still be a first time nominee by the time Oscars roll
0: around? oh we'll talk about that later probably <laughs> okay. she will be but who, who the hell knows and then I, I mean maybe this is controversial but i would almost say the most likely of this group is on the armis because she's so clearly what uh, the academy likes young yeah. attractive, talented
1: yeah um, you kind of got this feeling by the end that she was getting in regardless of how the movie went over
0: yeah that enough people liked her even if they weren't huge on the movie and and, the, and that actually, like her like, in yeah. general. Oh yeah, it's well. I mean, there's been enough stuff now. Um, I guess I guess between. I, I guess if you if you've seen nothing else, you probably saw Bond, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, that knives uh, out. out. Yeah. And knives out, Blade so, Runner. Like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there and I mean, this goes back to like Andrea Riseborough. Like she's been in several movies that have been nominated for Oscar. Um, I think just with some cases. Um, this is going to sound very reductive, but it's also kind of true. Like, they, f- they didn't realize she was hot until now. And with Actress, there is kind of the horny old man phase of the Academy. Oh, totally. If you look at who often wins. Um, especially when you look at who they beat, it often can be, like, an elder stateswoman of the Academy. And also, like, who does Ernest Borgnine want to have sex with? <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> isn't he dead? <laughs> I, he might be. Oh. I forget. I just remember he was one of those notable anti-brokeback names. Oh. So mm. I always think of him as like, what's a like bad opinion the Academy has? It's probably propelled by Ernest Borgnine. Um, maybe he's on Twitter. He, he on
2: Twitter? Oh, no, he died I mean, 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, there we go. We're safe. Oh, dear.
1: <laughs> Are we I safe? We I remember. feel like that's worse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the question is, is he still horny? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I want to – it would make me happy to know that the dead are still horny, because they can go about their business without, like, worried about <laughs> that it. That sounds like a good movie, The Dead Are Still Horny. Yeah, well, it, like it call up Jim we'll Jarmouche. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Fuck it. Yeah. The, the dead, dead Are Still <laughs> Horny.
1: We'll workshop it.
0: Yeah, let's work on it. I'll take a, take an EP and a story by credit. Yeah, there you go. There we go. We arbitrated. That was easy. And we cut out Steve. It's very Hollywood of us. Uh, I want an adapted by. You heard my, it here uh, first, folks. Uh. Yeah. not us no, Steve. This is we're, this is you're the McDonald's brothers, and we're uh, Ray crock <laughs> I think Speaking we're on tape here, Nick I Offerman. Ah, whoa, hold that thought as well. oh damn, it. Um, I thought I said, I thought I timed it perfectly. Well, we have two more categories. Two more ah, categories. Okay, go ahead. Um, supporting actor, Brendan Gleason. <laughs> Brendan Gleason, first timer. Uh, kind of in the Bill Nye waiver, right? Right? Yeah. Can't believe he hasn't been nominated, but also they've avoided him for so long. Um, Kiway Kwan. Unfortunately, this is a shot, I think.
1: You yeah, never know. It, it, I just, mean, it's got a similar feel to Fraser in that it could be a
0: one and done just because it's yeah. so unlike what we've seen of them before. And I think he will get jobs, which, as we've heard in many a speech, has was basically the concern. Like, I I would like a job, but I think it's going to be in, in less awards bait. Potentially, I he, yeah. Um, I don't fully know. I know he has a couple of things lined up. I don't remember what they are. I know. I know people are waiting for um, his Disney Plus series. Well, he's, well, he's in childhood properties. Well, he's in two uh,
1: Disney Plus series because he's in Loki and he's yes. in um, this oh, show really? called American Born Chinese, which also has Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Su in it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I, was, jo- but- I was I was you're you're right, but I was also joking about his early career that now with Disney Plus you could do the the short round story. You could do um Thing is, what's his character in Goonies? You could you could do the adult Oh Data, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to give him a series, thing is, I'm I hoping like I'm hoping he cool.
2: goes well beyond that because he's been locked out of Hollywood so long. Well, you certainly hope hopefully so. this uh, this opens the door for
1: a, yeah. A, you th- a you, a you new don't want to see him just go back and play yeah. the same roles as he did as a kid. Oh, you don't want do it. that when you're seventy. I
0: just- I just don't trust Hollywood.
1: Sure. Well, yeah. that, that's where it'll, the instinct will go first, but hopefully, I mean, you oh, think yeah, by everything, everywhere alone, he's shown enough range that he should be offered a variety of things.
0: Certainly. Um, but we'll see. Barry Ke- Barry Keegan. Um, hard to tell. Hard to tell, but I feel like he'll be back. Maybe it. it, it a lot will depend on what his what he's interested in making next. Because I, I th- think he has an interest in weirder stuff than the academy exactly. normally goes for. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. But
2: I
1: think I think that's going to
2: evolve. You know, how long can you be? Yeah. You know, you can't always fit. In. Maybe you can. You can. You can fit into that group forever. But I think sure. he, has, he has Crispin Glover. Yeah, I was thinking of the same exact person. Um, but I think he has a lot to offer, and I be- I believe his heights are. You know, he's going to uh, expand his range a little bit with yeah. future choices. He doesn't seem like he's going to always just want to fit into that role so
0: i think he could sure. very
2: well show up in the next 10
0: years or so yeah yeah i could definitely see that um we're not talking about Judd hirsch because he's a now two-time nominee brian tyree henry and who's the other nominee i'm spacing for a second both of the banshees guys one fableman oh that's five then we got it yeah right? mm. okay yeah so brian tyree henry i gotta imagine he'll be back yeah i would think so yes yeah I mean, talent-wise, for sure, it's it's more on the industry to give him roles. But so far, so good. Um, and in supporting actress, Stephanie Sue, you certainly hope so. But yeah, the same, too early the to tell. yeah. Also, if you look carefully at like who we're talking about, more than like oh, a lot depends. It, it just gets into the bad habits of Hollywood.
2: Well, the thing um, is, the challenge is, is you know, did you know her work beforehand? I, I did. Yes, you did. not I would imagine most voters did not. Yeah. Well, I don't, what, what was what has she done? That's you know. That she was in Shang
1: Chi for a second. Yeah. Was she? Yeah. She's. Well, the, I mean, she's but, the friend they uh, go to dinner with, and she kind of like talks. Oh
2: to them about yeah. Oh. Oh, life, oh yeah. Yeah. And just then like. But I mean, she's still a new face. Again. though. it's only been yeah. you know a couple yeah. of years, so it's so hard to like gauge how long her career is going to last. This is she's hitting she's hitting a nice a nice high peak right now.
0: So. Does sure, it go no up from here, no or or it not getting a job next? But it's more like what the job is. Yeah, I mean, look but. at uh, Carrie Condon; you've probably heard her, if not seen her, because of her playing. Uh, was Friday? Yeah. But does that translate into something more, or is this just a great moment? Hard to tell. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. I got to imagine this was her one.
1: Um, I think she could still end up doing like again, like a flashy supporting role in something and getting in mm-hmm. if if, if it's the right project. And who's to say that that'll come along? But I I wouldn't rule it out certainly.
0: Yeah, Angela Bassett's prior nominee and Hong Chao, sort of in that same lump of like.
1: Is she I'm better? Glad be she's back.
0: in. She better be back, but it's not going to be because she doesn't give a good performance. It'll sure. be about whether the roles are there. Well, she could have been I here mean, twice could, this year. She, was, she had two twice. She, yeah. she would have been the only part of Downsizing Nominee that nobody would have been completely upset about. It's the only part of that yeah. movie that wasn't terrible. <laughs> um,
1: even though, But I mean, the fact that she's been in that conversation for a few different years now says something
0: about promising. her. Yeah. I still think the answer is Colin Farrell. Yeah, I agree. Just check so many boxes. Um, I would be sort of surprised if that wasn't how it worked.
2: Just so you know, Stephanie Hsu's uh, career before Shang Chi was as Jenny in Asking for It, which I've never heard of, as nervous assistant Amber and patron. So yeah, the sky's the limit. We have no
0: idea. Oh, where- and
1: she <sighs> was uh, the robot in the SpongeBob musical.
0: Oh well, that's that's how you know. Oh well, she. Yeah, well, that's it.
1: She's the that, that's, she's the one and
0: done then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then uh carefully asked about sundance so let's just let's let's do sundance real quick um awards contenders uh, i'm i'm inclined to say no but you never know so let me go through what i what i saw Um uh, and i'll i'll speed through the the lesser things so i saw something called rotting in the sun which was um sebastian uh, silva kind of like making a movie about him like one of those like fictionalized versions of himself kind of movies mm-hmm. um not a filmmaker i tend to enjoy so i i didn't like this one <laughs> at all um he did crystal fairy and uh nasty baby if you guys know those yeah um this one i think people liked, didn't work for me at all so i i just i didn't even write about it i was like not not for me um I also did not like bad behavior. It wastes Jennifer uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Connelly. She's like a former child star at like one of those light lighting enlightenment retreats, and she's supposed to be like unbearably like a pain in the ass. But the movie's just unbearable. It mm. wastes her, and um, like the the guy in charge is Ben Whishaw. Oh, interesting. They, and they have like these light moments that are supposed to be I don't know. But then she's got a stunt woman daughter that she has problems with, and just every time they intercut it, just the the narrative grinds to a halt. I was, I was not into it. Um, run rabbit run got picked up by Netflix. Uh, it really wants to be the Babadook, but nobody in the movie behaves like a human being. Um, Sarah Snook is the star and she's very good in it. But I, I, this is, there's a better, I have seen this movie done better. The, the next one, these are movies I wasn't super into the pod generation. It won the, um, it won an award going in for like oh for like using science essentially I, it was a weird strange award and like they announced it before the festival started it's a like a satire it's in the future you can um basically have a baby by using an egg like pod as opposed to getting pregnant oh
1: yeah and it's like amelia clark and um chuotelagi for
0: yeah boy did they deserve better like, there's, there's so many little moments the movie does of, like, mentioning things without ever pursuing them. It's one of those frustrating sci-fi things where you didn't develop any of your ideas. Like, at one point, someone offhandedly says, well, since the government stopped funding education, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? Well, well, <laughs> t- tell me more about that. Like, I'm curious. Um, there's just a lot of that. Like, wait. Oh, though. What, Catherine Hunter is in this. So, Miles, you'll be thrilled about that? Yeah. Off of uh, Tragedy Macbeth? And, like, and or yeah, And then the only other one that I, I gave like a thumbs down to was uh, Sometimes I Think About Dying which is um, Daisy Ridley and uh, it is the slowest movie I saw at the festival like she works in an office and she's very shy and she there's a guy at the office and they start like a very low key romance that kind of movie mm. but it's all the mundane scenes in office that you would get like one of to showcase how mundane being in an office is but it's literally every scene. Oof. Yeah, it's it's it really walks up to the line of being slow cinema. That's one of those movies where like
1: I, I I'll either love it with all my heart or it'll be the worst movie I see that year.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's people who dug it. Um, but I and and it got better as it went on as she like ever so slightly breaks out of her shell. But the early moments are rough. And like she has these daydreams about being dead, essentially. And they don't really develop. Mm. It's another one where, where it's based on a short. And I guess in the expansion to the feature, they there wasn't enough there there. But it, it meant something to Daisy Ridley because she produced it. So, who knows? Um, Birth, Rebirth is Frankenstein. Um, Marin Ireland is a she works in like the morgue and Judy Reyes is a nurse and her daughter dies and they reanimate her. But she needs to instead of instead of basically eating human flesh, um, they need pregnant women's like juices, essentially. Oh, wow. um, so it's it's a little gnarly, kind of a body horror thing. But I ever so slightly recommend just because it's kind of gnarly and, and they're both good, but very unsurprising where it goes. Next up, I saw a little prayer. I don't think I'm going to review it just because I'm kind of indifferent to it. It's nice. It's Angus uh, McLaughlin. He did, um, I think he wrote Junebug back in the day. That was sort of his his thing. He's only directed a couple films. Okay. And it's got a it's got a nice cast, but it's it's one of those indies where not a ton happens. Um, though David Strathern, the star, and I like that. He's kind of like keeping his family together. Jane Levy is his daughter-in-law that he's mm. very close with. She's good. They're both very good in it. It's just um, kind of slow. Um, this was a... Next up was a documentary that I thought I would like more called Kim's Video about the, the legendary um, rental store in Manhattan. Kim, Kim's Video. Mm. But it, like I like the, um, the little bits on the video store, but that's kind of the beginning. Once it closes... Um, a small town gets the archive, and then the archive disappears, sort of. And like, I, I don't know. Once it became that story, I was less interested. Not not, not worth watching, but very, very slight. Um, Radical is uh, Eugenio Derbez from CODA. It's a inspirational teacher movie. You've seen this a million times.
1: Well, he Just even basically
0: of- played that role in CODA. Sort of. Just less funny here. A little more like earnest. It's solid because it's doing it well enough, but I, I, I would lie. if I would be lying if I told you I was like, oh, you know. If it gets Oscar buzz, I'm sure it's, it, more people will see it, but otherwise, I feel like you kind of seen it. Sure. Still, still a thumbs up, but it's a common refrain. It's also what happens at Sundance a lot by nature of these being lower budgeted films and often a first or a second film you kind of work on what you you think you can do well and you make a calling card um here's a movie that for the first half was going to be an awards movie eileen it's uh, thomas and mckenzie and anne hathaway right and it's set in, set in the 60s eileen works in a prison she's a weird person like she's there's a lot of like she has a couple of masturbating fantasies which is very like it's the 60s and she's not allowed to be sexual but she's horny you know that kind of movie which is fine And then Anne Hathaway shows up as the new doctor, counselor or whatever, and they kind of bond and and you're starting to wonder, like, is this going to turn into sort of a Carol thing? And then, boy, does the third act throw you a twist that I did not care for. (laughs) Um, One of the two has a secret and involves the other one in it, and uh, it is not anything like what you saw in the first two-thirds of the movie. So, some people, I'm sure, are into it, but I think the sort of common refrain has been, boy, I wish that didn't happen. But I like it enough besides that. Though keep that in mind, because there's another movie from this festival that has way more of a third-act problem. Uh, next up, another movie I don't think I reviewed. Rye Lane. Kind of a, a walking and talking, young people falling in love thing. Set in South London. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it before. But also, I kind of like that it was South London. And, um... Two black leads, so something different to the normal, like, sad, somewhat artsy white kid walking around thing. Yeah. But narratively similar. Witty and clever, but not super memorable. Um, Iris Sachs had a movie um, who doesn't, I think, usually go to Sundance. Um, Iris Sacks, for those who don't know, did Love is Strange, probably most notably. Um, Keep the Lights On, Little Men, Married Life. Um, uh, I believe a bunch of documentaries. Sort of sort of the the King of the Gotham Spirit Award nomination type situation. Yeah. That is often where you'll see that name, like, wait, I thought so-and-so was getting nominated. Nope, Iris Sachs, best director, or something like that. Though I'd argue Love is Strange was a, a legit Oscar contender that year. Didn't happen. But um John Lithgow and Alfred Molina were definitely in contention. Yeah. Yeah, this this is um set in Paris and it's just three people being horny. It's fine. Um there's a the main guy is um married to Ben Wishaw. Uh, it's uh, what's his name? Fran Rogowski. And then sort of on a on a whim he starts an affair with Adele Xarcopolis from Blue is the warmest color and expects Ben Wishaw to be cool with it. And when he's not he's kind of puzzled. It's very that like French theory of like, oh we're all having affairs, it's cool but then, when Ben was, sure, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have one," he's not as cool with it. Mm. Uh, someone else reviewed this one on the site. I believe Abe, Abe did, but the Persian version. Um, pleasant. Uh, there's some cool dance numbers. Um, very much in a low key, my big fat Greek wedding vibe. Like just trying to be a crowd pleaser. It, this one, depending on who, I think it also won the jury prize or one of the prizes. Um, could be a could make some money if it got picked up in the right way. Now my top ten. Uh, you hurt my feelings, which is Nicole Holler center, fresh off uh, helping Ben Affleck and Matt Damon make a very cringy premise somehow work. Why am I spacing on the name of that movie? The Last Duel. The Last Duel. Remember how we we heard what that movie was about? Went, oh, oh,
1: no. Shit. Like, up until the last minute, I thought that thing was going to be a massive failure. And it was financially, but, like, it's also good. So, like, that yeah, was it's a like a real good surprise. movie out of nowhere.
0: And, and what a, like, what a perfect idea they had of, like, yeah, we can't write this alone.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and I like the way they do it Rashomon style, where, it, like, it makes the premise less icky and more, like, investigatorial.
0: Yeah, I wonder how long they spent, if they pay attention to that, to be like, I guess let them think that we made some, like, icky rape movie. Like, we we made something better than that. Like, I don't know. But yeah, for those who don't know uh, Nicole Hoff Center, um, I guess Enough Said would probably be the one people know most, right? Yeah, probably. And Friends With Money, even though it didn't do well. But Enough Said had the Gandolfini of it all. Yeah. Um, also, walking and talking, lovely and amazing. Please give. She did Mrs. Fletcher on, I think HBO. Um, very. The Land of Steady Habits, I think, was a Netflix movie. Uh, she makes a very specific type of movie, and this is another one of those. It's Julia Louis Dreyfus in the lead. She's married to Tobias Menzies. She's a writer. Um, they have like a really nice relationship until she overhears him say he doesn't like her book,
1: and she uh... sort of starts like,
0: yeah, you know, like, oh my god, is this is this different than I thought it was? It's nothing, like, too crazy. Uh, Michaela Watkins is her sister. Jeannie Boleyn's her mother. David Cross is, like, um, her husband's, one of his clients at therapy, and he's a terrible therapist. So they actually, at one point, ask for their money back. Like, we figure you've spent $30,000. we spent $30,000 a year. Uh, we think we should get it back. Like, it's Nicole Hoff Center. It's, it's New York women, you know, having low-key problems. But sure. she does it well enough. Um, this one I think Miles might be into. Theater camp.
1: Yes, I've heard about this one. It sounds really cool.
0: Yeah, um, it, it bugged me for like the first act. It's also supposed to be a mockumentary, and I think they abandoned it several times because I forgot it was. And that's not usually a great sign. But once it gets into its rhythms, it's it's good. Um, there's some very funny things. There's plenty of jokes that don't work, but it's it's consistently throwing another joke at you that I don't think any of the ones that don't work are problematic. There's a couple of characters that are just a little more grating than you prefer. Um, Jimmy Tatro is the most comic relief of the group and he's playing it as if like Ike Barinholtz was more annoying.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a choice and it works. Like you're not supposed to like the character, but it's like oh, you're really like kind of grating on me. But uh, Molly Gordon and Ben Platt are, are pretty good. Um, which is funny because Ben Platt, like I'm surprised you wanted people to think of a musical you were in recently.
1: No, he hasn't really been shying away from it, which I'm almost impressed by.
0: Sure. And he's way better in this. Like he should be. I think everyone involved has a sense of humor about it. Apparently, this was a uh, Molly Gordon and one of the other cast members. This was a short film they did during COVID. Oh. It was like a, So we don't go crazy. And people loved it. That's how this happened. I think I believe they got like the money from it. And, and it does feel like there's not necessarily the idea there for 90 minutes of movie, but it's pleasant enough and, and the jokes are working. And I think anyone – I think the more you have experience with musical theater and this type of – these type of people, the more you'll get out of it in the same way of like Wet Hot American Summer. Like if you know those type of like ridiculous characters, even though yeah. they're not real people, you're like, oh, I see. Like I went to camp. You know, the little bits that make it a little bit more. I will say my favorite bit in it is, you know, there's all these various campers. Well, two bits. One is that one of the campers wants to be an agent, not an actor. So just a little kid wearing a suit, like trying to sign up all his like fellow campers. I thought that was very clever. And then there's, as they, when they do like the the draft, like who's going to be in what show, these are all like preteens. And they're talking about like, well, I don't know if we're going to cast this person in damn Yankees or in this. Like, I know they're all versions, but she just, I see Virgin when she walks in, and someone's like, "Well, can't we just get her there?" Like, how do you get a how do you get a Virgin there? And they just are looking at each other, like, "You know what you just said, right?" Like, those moments are great. I wish there were more of them, but it's a good movie. Okay. This one, I actually, this next one, I think both of you might be into, give or take um, one element. So it's Landscape with Invisible Hand, directed by Corey Finley, who did um, Bad Education and mm. Thoroughbreds. Okay, and it's a sci-fi movie. So essentially, um, aliens have occupied Earth, but the rich basically get to be on these like floating, like like kind of like Elysium looking space stations, doing and they're doing great, and the poor are kind of left to fend for themselves in like the wasteland. But the quirk is, um, the aliens basically um, offer economic prosperity to you because they're fascinated by love. Like they don't really have it in the same way. So you can do like these reality broadcasts essentially. And if you depict yourself falling in love with someone else, they pay you.
1: Interesting.
0: So these two kids kind of figure it out and they start doing it, but then they get sued because they're not actually in love. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. Not all of it works. The main issue I have is the aliens are very low budge, like they're CGI, but it's like 90s CGI. Oh, okay. It's not like distracting so much as you're like, yeah, you didn't have the money for this, um, but they communicate very interesting. They rub their hands together or their tentacles, and they have like pads. And then their subtitles, but oh, it's interesting. like interesting kind of thing. There's a lot of thought put into it, um, but it's actually, I believe, a plan B. It's it's Brad Pitt and Dede Gardner and Jeremy Kleiner. So yeah. I wonder if this was meant to be a bigger project. And then was Corey Finley going to do Wolfman at one point?
1: I don't know. I want to say he was maybe one of the people who was set up with one of the versions of The Crow.
0: Maybe. I know he had a project that he then, I guess maybe he went to this. Someone was doing Wolfman before Derek C. and Friends.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was him, but you're right. It was, Wasn't was it Lee
0: Winnell? Maybe. It might have also been someone before him, too. Well, could be. I th- You know, no, 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 we're both right. Lee Winnell got announced. I think when they first said the project was happening, I think Corey Finley was circling it. Mm, That's okay. how they, I think he was the first choice and maybe it just didn't work out. Um, Tiffany Haddish is the mother in this. Josh Hamilton's in it. Michael Gandolfini. Like it's, it's, it's cute. And I think if not for some of the low budget stuff, it would maybe have a bigger um, platform. This is the one I want to talk about next for awards. Uh, Magazine dreams. If there's a yeah. thing that might catch on, it's Jonathan Majors. Cause fuck is he great in this movie now the movie itself I think if you didn't have Jonathan Majors would be in trouble so it's it's sort of um, you guys will understand it. It, it's like Joker in that sense of like he's he's falling to his depths while trying to like hold on so he's, he's an amateur bodybuilder and he doesn't really do connection super well like he, you know he, he Jonathan Majors is built in this movie but he, he can barely talk to Helly Bennett at the checkout counter of the, the grocery store Works at like, ask her on a date. And he writes these, like, M&M stand-style letters to, like, a bodybuilder that he idolizes. And, like, is shocked when no one knows who, knows who it is. But, like, things start to go downhill for him, and he can't cope with them. And it gets very dark. But there's a lot of, like, plot points that don't go anywhere. Just all the things involving what would happen to a troubled black man happen to this character without real resolution like at one point he, he buys a gun but does he use it it just it, it starts to become like maybe a story about an incel it's you know what it is at the end of the day it is a fantastic reel for jonathan majors mm. and, and, a, and a fascinating movie like you're never bored but for a movie that runs a little over two hours you, you do wish they would have picked one of the bad things that happened to him and just let that be the movie because I don't want to get into like some of the specifics because it gets kind of kind of spoilery but he doesn't deal well with any of his tragedies let's say
1: interesting um
0: yeah, yeah. but you I think I think while I think you'll be interested in it because of the Jonathan Majors of it all
1: well exactly I mean he's going to have a great year regardless but um it'll be interesting to see how quickly he starts getting pushed for awards consideration for various
0: things this included well this doesn't have distribution yet so I wonder if Post Ant-Man in a, in a couple weeks. Could be. If they start to calculate like, oh, maybe we should back him or not. Um, next up is a movie called Cassandra, Which is a biopic about a gay um, lucha libre wrestler. It's Roger Ross Williams, the, the documentarian. And uh, Gail Garcia Bernal plays the character. He um, basically became the Liberace of luchador it's a biopic but I kind of like the fact that it was about like Mexican wrestling and treats it as like oh it's just a biopic about Mexican wrestling it's a sports picture I was into it um my number five we were going to talk about more but Miles didn't get to to it yet it's Infinity Pool it's a it stands out among Sundance because it's it's not really a Sundance movie it's one of those ones because it was opening at the perfect time Neon was like let's just get into the festival uh Though I will say I want every every horror movie to have Mia Goth in it. <laughs> oh, she's on fire right now. She's yeah, in most and of boy them. she she's doing she's doing a lot in this, and Alexander Skarsgård's doing a bunch. I don't know that it has a ton to say, but like what it's doing, it's going and like it commits to its premise. I'll, I'll hang tight on this in case um, either of you get around to it because it's going to be in the in the ether for another week or two, like. It's number five on the list by virtue of what you heard below. Everything I kind of had reservations about. Sure, there's really only three movies I would say fully work for me. So first, we'll talk about the fourth, which is Cat Person. Cat Person was the one, if you guys remember, there was a New Yorker article a couple of years, like a short story a couple years ago that made everyone get, made everyone crazy about like, a, like a bad date. Um, so it, it doesn't matter if you if you read or not. But it's it's Amelia Jones and Nick and Nick Braun. So Coda and, and uh, Succession, right? And she's a college student. She works at the the movie theater, like a like a rep theater. And uh, he comes in and buys Red Vines, and she's like, "Oh, that's weird." And like they have a very light, like vaguely insulting banter. She doesn't like like him so much as like fascinated by who would buy Red Vines. He asks for her number. She gives it to him. They start like a text relationship, and they go out on dates. And like she's. Not into him, but she's like curious about him, kind of like making poor decisions. And the way the the short story went was they did that. It was never quite, it never quite worked. They had a, another date. They had like awkward sex and she decided I don't want to talk to him anymore. And he was like, okay. And then texted more and then the text got progressively like, you know, angrier. As modern dating can often be, you get like, I thought you liked me. Now you're calling me a whore. Great. Fantastic. Men are amazing. And that's the short story. But the movie has like 40 more minutes and the 40 minutes after that are awful. Like if they ended the movie where it was, I would be so into it. And I still think the movie overall is a, is a thumbs up. I just, I can't comprehend why they thought it was a good idea for the, the third act to almost become like an action thriller. Oh, okay. I want people to see it because I, I, so my, my friend, um, Mike Ryan, who works for Uprox, like he wrote about it and said someone who didn't see it at the festival asked him what happens in the third act, and he texted it to them, and they went, no, seriously, what happens? Like, it's, it's that hard to reconcile with what happens based on what you've seen. It's, <clears throat> it's stunning. Like I, I, like I said, I really do hope you guys watch it, because I want to talk about it. Um, anyone who ends up watching it, feel free to like comment and mention spoilers or something, but boy... Um, though I do like Amelia Jones and Nick Braun, they're they're good actors. Next up, Fair Play, which went to Netflix for all the money. I think that was a twenty million dollar buy. Yeah, kind of a they shocking bought, amount. They bought Run Rabbit Run also, but I feel like for much less. But yeah, they they bought Fair Play for a ton of money, and it's it's a good movie. Like it it comes close to being like uh, it's not an erotic thriller, but it has that vibe. The very 90s, like, you know, would have had Michael Douglas in it. You kind of get what sure, I'm Sure, right? sure. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really see that anymore. It's Alden Ehrenreich, who I don't believe we've seen since Han Solo. Since uh,
1: he did the Brave New World show and I think one or two other things. And he's about to be in Cocaine Bear.
0: Yeah, yeah. So essentially, no, we haven't seen him until yeah, t- since Essentially, 19- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Phoebe her? she's in um, she's on TV and something, right? She's on Bridgerton. Ah. Uh-huh. And I think maybe something else. She's a TV actress. But um, they're they're a couple. They work at a hedge fund. They don't tell anyone. They just get they're just they're just getting engaged at the beginning, and they're like they're having like sex in the bathroom, like they're you know a big time like this is great couple. They don't tell anyone at work that they're engaged because they're um. Against company policy, that kind of thing, mm. and somebody gets fired, and the rumor she hears is that he's going to get the job, but then she gets it, and it immediately like throws off their like the the equilibrium of their relationship. He can't deal with it. She tries to get him promoted as well, and the the boss, who's Eddie Marsan, yeah, who plays like asshole boss, fantastically, is like, no, we don't like him. Like we're just going to make his life miserable until he quits. It's what we do because he doesn't know that they're dating and now he oh. she, he reports to her and it just throws off the entirety of, of everything and it gets like pretty dark as it goes on it's it's not a fun movie necessarily but it's a good time if that makes sense sure that sounds interesting yeah just what they're doing they're doing very well i wish there was a little more time spent on certain things though i didn't need the movie to be longer like they there it's just shy of 2 hours and pretty quickly they go from like that look in his eye of like, oh, I'm happy for you, but I'm really not. So like, oh, I'm too tired to have sex. Like there's a lot of shorthand going on. Yeah. But it's to get to the next evolution. But I would have liked to see more time spent on like, oh, they, they're they doing it less frequently or, or it's different. Like the history of violence of it all. Of like, oh, there's an extra sexy in this movie, but it's so important for what we're trying to say. I think the movie is trying to just get to the next point. Yeah. It's the only thing that kept there from being maybe the best thing at the festival for me. Steve, I think you'll like it as well. I'm in. All right. Um, and then the other two. Uh, one, this one's more, I think, for me than a lot of people. Shortcomings, which is Randall Park directed it. It's um, it's a character study, but it's very much like the types of novels I tend to read. Like you know, um, guy needs to grow up, not treating his girlfriend. It's it's a Tribeca movie essentially, but the lead is Justin H. Min from After Yang.
1: Yeah and isn't it directed by uh, Randall Park?
0: Randall Park? Yeah. Who has Very a small cool. role. Yeah, he's a, a the main character is he own, he works in like a tiny movie theater. He uh he has a girlfriend who like she's she's doing it, she's doing well. He's kind of like sits on the couch and watches Criterion movies and has a mm-hmm. has a friend who like he you know they're like they're, misanth- they're misanthropic about stuff. Um his girlfriend takes an internship in New York and like oh I guess we're on a break. He starts going after like blonde women and, and thinks, oh, it's fine. But then when he sees that she might be dating a white dude, he gets like, well, he's only dating you because you're Asian. and It's a like it's that kind of movie. It's it's very much commenting on how um, the sexual and racial politics of things are, are. But it's done in the frame of like a light comedy. I just thought it, it worked pretty well. I don't know. I don't think anyone li- didn't like it, but I think it wasn't a must see to a lot of people. So I, I, I was wondering why it wasn't uh, talked about more. I think Stephanie Sue is also in this in a small role. I just didn't remember seeing her. I think it's a very small role. Solid. I vaguely movie. remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't. No, I don't think anyone owns it yet. No, I don't think anyone picked it up. But I don't think it's going to do anything necessarily. I just enjoyed it more than I expected to, which may be why it went it plays so highly. I had very, I just went in being like, all right, let's watch it. And then my favorite was uh, still a Michael J. Fox movie. Davis Guggenheim's documentary about Michael J. Fox. I want to see this. Which, it's so good. And I know the one hesitancy that anyone would have would be like, I don't want to watch a sad movie about Michael J. Fox. And he doesn't want you to watch that either, is the thing. Because there's, there, literally, it's... So he narrates it. And what they do for a lot of the... Talking about what happened in his, in his career, when he was younger, in his current life, is they use clips from his movies. So if he's talking about, like all these auditions that didn't work out and being like broke, and Like I was, you know, one week away from having to walk to the airport to go back to Canada. And they'll show a clip of him begging for a job from the secret of my success or something like that. Sure. I thought that was oh, a that's clever neat. way of telling it. Yeah. Because he also has so many stories like that. Um, and there's a lot of modern stuff of him. And he has no vanity about it, which I thought was, was also very interesting to watch. He's like, my main problem is I, f- I fall. And lo and behold, there's a couple that you, he's walking and he'll, and he'll fall. And it's it's rough because he falls like fall falls, you know, and you're like, oh, are you OK? And he's fine in that. But then he'll come back later. and be like, Oh, yeah, I broke my cheekbone yesterday because yeah. I just couldn't, you know, couldn't cover the fall. But at one point, uh, Guggenheim asked him, like, um, so you, do you want this to be a documentary about, you know, a famous actor who got a bad disease? And, and Michael J. Fox was Nah, that's boring. And it's so heartening that that's what the movie is. Um and he'll show you, he'll talk about, like, the, the Parkinson's medicine he takes, how it how, how much it helps, but how how bad it is before he takes it, and uh, he'll take it, like, right before he gets on screen, is, and I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I'm waiting for a bus, is how he'll describe it. And they'll be like, are you on the bus? And a couple seconds later, be like, I'm on the bus. It's like, it really shows you, like, what his day-to-day existence is like.
2: I was lucky enough to see him and Christopher Lloyd speak at uh, New York Comic Con this year, and... I mean, the guy is inspiring, uh, top to bottom. He's, you know, not only is he very open and does he do great work for the causes, but he's self-deprecating and he's willing to explore things in a way that most people don't. He's not never feel sorry for himself and still remembers and still, you know, uh, completely who he was and celebrates you know, his career and everything that he's yeah. done while exploring these things in a way that like really humanizes a disease, um, that, you know, that, that takes away your humanity.
0: Um, well, that, of course, hundred percent. That's what, that's where the title comes from. Still that one of the, the side effects of Parkinson's is, is it becomes harder to make complex facial expressions. So if you're a particularly joyful person, that giant smile is harder to make. So a lot of times people just become, like, quiet and reserved Mm -hmm. as they go through it. And he even talks about, like, if you look at some of the roles he began to take, he was getting praised as an actor. Like, oh, you're being more mature in this one. He's like, no, I just couldn't do that role in the same way anymore. And there's a lot of things where he shows you, like, the clips of, like, what he was doing with, like, his left hand. Because it was his pinky. Or left or right, I don't remember. But his pinky was starting to have a mind of its own was the first sign. So, there's a lot of, like, oh, if you look, like, his hand's in his pocket a lot in that movie. Or, like, going on a, going on Letterman and things like that. It's incredibly well done. Yeah. And, like, moving, but also... Moving and frank, but also uplifting. So, I, I don't want anyone to think it's a downer. That's
2: the thing I find so amazing about him is that it's never a pity party. And he's, Oh, yeah. Because um, if you don't...
0: If you're not listening to him and someone just shows you, like, hey, have you seen Michael J. Fox lately? Yeah, your first instinct is, like, oh, that's, that's awful. Because that you will see times where he's you know very fit, very clearly not in full control of his body
2: well it's the thing yeah. even as as you know in the audience I was 15 feet from him and uh, your the your emotions are torn you're like this is awful I'm like you yeah. know why him why you know why why anybody but watching somebody who's uh, giving you so much uh, joy. Back to the Future being my favorite film of all time, um, yes. And then seeing them, but also then you see him pushing through. I'm like, that's why you know, like if you if you believe in God at all, it's like those are the people, you know, why why put this in someone's hands? Well, he can maybe make a change. So you know, even if you don't believe in God, but you just believe in and uh, uh, the uh, the will of, of of a person, the ability to push on. Someone like that is stronger and has more reach, and hopefully will make a, a much bigger change than someone like myself, who only reaches what seven million people on this podcast. But hey,
1: but I would cry. I up.
0: mean, <laughs>
1: and we're very grateful for all of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 be let's be clear. Well, six point nine Oh, we lost a couple.
2: No, no, no. We, I, those are the ones we're grateful for.
0: For the oh, okay. There's a few jerks. Oh, the the couple of hate <laughs> listeners. We, we're we're less. Uh, Less grateful for. Yeah. Now, let's. Uh, so let's transition away from uh, Sundance. I don't know that there was really an awards contender. Honestly, the answer is the documentaries I didn't see because that's what happens every year. Um, but something I did see. Something we all saw. Episode three of The Last of Us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, so I hate when people do this with movies, even though I will do this with TV because I don't watch a lot of TV. And I hate when someone's like saw three movies like this is the best movie in 10 years. I'm Like you saw 30 movies in the last 10 years. But um, I think this was the best episode of television I've seen in several, several years. Probably since the finale of Watchmen. It's up there. Whatever the best episode of Watchmen is. I don't remember what my favorite episode was. And if not that, maybe the finale of um, season one of True Detective. Mm -hmm. I really love that episode. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this is not only is it a great episode of television, when you realize that it's a great episode of The Last of Us, a show based on a video game, and that it is 90% original material. Yeah, I would say maybe even more than that. I mean, the things in the episode that I've seen in the game, scavenging in a store, um, I did like the little Easter egg of they get into their clothes when they finally get a shower. Yeah. They look like Joel and Ellie. <laughs> and, um, you know, very, very small other things. But by and large, this is whole cloth new material. And it's it's phenomenal. It, it's what you want from this sort of property, from this sort of adaptation. And also, especially if you've seen... If you know the game, if you know where it's going, the fact that this is the theme that they've chosen, it's, it's incredible. You know, the first two episodes are introducing you to the world, setting the stakes and basically getting them out of the the QZ, right? Right. Getting them, basically getting them into the story. And the fact that as soon as they do that, they pull away to, to show you what else has been happening in the world is incredible. Um, all building up to a message for Joel that you again starts to recontextualize what he's doing because it's yeah, at the beginning of the episode. Ellie is saying how like you know you chose to be here. You like very, they're they're both very selfish still, and they're not they haven't like really bonded yet, even yeah. though there's been those little moments like when he he in episode one when he kills the his not friend but the, the soldier that he has a relationship with. Yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which also I liked. I don't know if, if anyone else caught on to this. And I don't know if if I even processed it at the time. I think I saw someone write about this. That the way she reacts to it is very different than the way his daughter reacted to it um, when he killed someone. You know, his daughter is horrified. Ellie, like, almost likes it. She's, oh, like, intrigued at very least. Yeah, yeah. And throughout the first three episodes, she really wants a gun. Like, they're very much setting her up as... Well, we'll we'll get into it as it comes in, but Miles, they're very much setting her up. Yes, very much so. Yeah. The groundwork um, is being laid. What well, that's what's incredible too. Um maybe uh, Steve you you this won't work as much for you, but you I want you to talk about it in a second. They're basically giving you things for two or three seasons down the line when they when they get to what else has happened in the last of us. Cuz remember there's more than one game. There's also a was it? it was a DLC, right? The other one, right, and that's going to be part of this season. Oh, is yeah, it? they've, they oh, okay, oh, oh, they've definitely they they've threaded in DLC, Last of Us Part Two. There's there's bits of everything that I'm I'm frankly stunned that they're brave enough to do right now because it was an expensive show. You never quite know. I mean, once the debut happened and one, the reviews were great, and two, the audience was huge. You knew they're going to get to tell their story, but they had to make that decision a year and a half ago, right, to go all in. And I was I was delighted. Um, we'll get into some of the more nitty gritty of it all, but like um, Miles and then Steve, tell me tell me what you thought of the episode. I I, I cried. Uh, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Easily the best of the
1: season so far. Um, Nick Offerman, Murray Bartlett, just doing some really really strong like intimate work. Which we didn't
0: even bring up that it's it's – they're not in the story. It's the story of Bill and, and Frank. It's Yeah, Joel and Ellie kind of bookend the episode,
1: which I think mm. works. And it did something I, – I talked a lot last week about how they're really doing a good job of adapting not just like the story and the characters and the atmosphere, but like gameplay in a way, uh, especially with like the clicker sequence. And they do kind of a very interesting twist on that in this episode – which is that they don't um, – rather than in, – in the games, in both of the games, you're doing a lot of like you're scavenging around and you go through people's houses. And a lot of the times when you do, you'll find a lot of notes around the places. And depending on how long you stay in a certain location, sure. you, you might start to be able to sort of put together kind of a picture of what their life was before the uh, pandemic hit and sort of what became of them and – it, you're sort of discovering, you know, the things that were important to them or the things they had to leave behind or what have you um, well after the fact. And it's so it, it, throughout the course of this episode, that's basically what you're getting. We're getting the full backstory of Bill and Frank and this relationship they had, that, you know, over the course of, dec- of a very long time. And, uh, and then, you know, Joel and Ellie, you know, show up like after – their situation has sort of resolved itself. And it's it's this really emotional and, you know, compelling way. Because if we're honest about the video game, a lot of the sections in terms of things that happen play sort of similarly. It's a lot of sneaking around clickers or humans and a lot of scavenging and a lot of... There's the capacity for it to be repetitive. So I think rather than focus on the action of this particular plot sequence... They get, they, the beats are the same, but the way they connect them is completely new. And I think really incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. Steve? Uh, Yeah.
2: Incredible to watch for sure. I went in knowing the game, of course, very limited. So I didn't know. I didn't know until after exactly. Actually, well, no, I knew based on some of the things you were saying that, there was much more to this episode than there was um, in, uh, in the, in the video game. And, but when it started up, you know, I had nothing, no clue what to expect. And as it unfolds and, 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 and and time passes, that's a great thing about it too, is you get to see these, these two grow older together and you get to see, I don't know, it's just something about the purest form of love and what it is, you know, to be in a relationship and, you know, the world is a literal hell around them and they're in this little world together and it's just so beautiful. And it's like this, I, I I'm, I, I can't believe the amount of, of emotion that it struck within me. And, uh, and to close, you know, I cried too. the, the closing shot when the music played and the, uh, and, and the, and the words and the music, but just what happened before it, what preceded it, and what, how that all tied it together is like, uh, a thing of genius it's uh you know and not in a, a hokey manipulate you way it's just like okay you know it's like lets you uh k- kind of lets it all soak in and and really it just kept soaking until it hit me and i was like damn that was i can't wait for people to see this because I'm, I'm curious what the reaction will be not only you know i i, I don't really care about people comparing it to the video game I just the way I'm enjoying the series is like, wow, there's especially with the cold opens, I think had been some of the strongest elements of it. And now this is a whole episode that, again, threw me and, uh, you know, it's, it's gripping. It's I mean, at the same time, if you if you're remembering what's going on in the world around him, it's completely terrifying. Um, yet it's beautiful. So, you know, brilliant.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Hi- highlighted also by the the letter left for for Joel but also um, it has maybe the funniest line in the show so far when when Frank wants to go and like do stuff and like maybe make the town and the house look a little nicer and Frank doesn't want them um, and Bill doesn't want him to
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like well you don't trust you don't you, yeah and he's like you think the government's full of Nazis and and Nick Offman goes the government is full of Nazis and he goes well they didn't used to be Well, he's like well now they are yeah I thought yeah that was, <laughs> What a hilarious line of, like, you you think everyone's evil. He's like, well, they are all evil. He's like, but they didn't used to be. You know, and you were like this beforehand. I I love that they had room for, like, um, they showed the full range of a relationship. Yeah. Well, I think
1: think that was really good. I love the bit they have with the berries and sort of the really, like, vulnerable space they let themselves get to. And I also like that they sort of avoided the obvious – tragedy tropes you know what i mean like it could have very easily leaned into the oh you know like this very overblown sort of maudlin you know oh you know their beautiful relationship cut too soon but i think they chose to focus on the love and on the intimacy and on you know the good
0: aspects of it and that they didn't do that because yeah every every zombie show every apocalypse show every thing of this nature is based on all of your relationships are cut are cut too soon, and yeah, it's wild that three episodes into an epic version of this story, you get well. Here's a story of one that wasn't, and and it, it will end like everything ends, but they live the full life. And even even when I guess we're we're still being vague enough for anyone who hasn't seen it. But like, are you really interested if you haven't seen it? But still, without saying exactly what happens, um, one character. Very clearly states that this isn't a tragedy, you know. This is, you know, mm-hmm. we're good.
2: No, that's like, the thing. Is, it's, oh my gosh! So,
0: but like, yeah, the, and also it being Nick Offerman too when he's that line about like I'm satisfied is is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. And the, uh. and and again the the letter he leaves a letter for Joel that's also has a funny line like that he wrote ha 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, but then you know saying like very much the the theme. That will grow out of the show of, you know, I used to think the world was shitty and I didn't care about people and then I met someone worth saving and that's what I do. And like, you know, he and Joel weren't necessarily friends, but they respected each other as like serious people. Capable, they like, like understood navigating. each other in a kind of unspoken way, which yeah. I thought
1: was interesting. They're, they're, so we're both cap- capable.
2: We kind of talked about – well, we talked about a, a mean going use air quotes here. A monster that uh, attacks a human – in a earlier in a, as we've discussed uh, a Sundance film and that comes up here again. And for them to use that to again, really connect on a different level about, um, you know, they've all these challenges around them, but there's this one thing that he, they have no control over and to use that instead of it just being like, Oh wait, a uh, poor move made by one of the characters leads to the demise and, and, you know, yeah. you, it's uh, it just takes it to a new level. I just, I mean, I the writing, the the acting is spectacular, but there's so the much choice. Done. Oh yeah, I mean, it's
0: top well, to two bottom music choices. The the Max Richter score, um, composition for mm-hmm. for one particular scene, and also the recurrence of the Linda Ronstadt song.
2: Yes, oh, yes. which
0: by the way, also did you, did you guys catch on to how that ties into the radio from episode one? Wasn't that the song that played after they left? It was an eighties song playing. It was that um, was Depeche Mode. Was it, Duran Duran? it was Depeche Mode. Yeah. And now that you when you realize that means he knew they were gone. Oh. In wow. episode one. Oh. Because 80s had the X and he said that when the, when the if uh, if they didn't um change the the coders of so, the signal after a couple minutes, it went to a playlist and the playlist was eighties music. That's gotcha. why he went shit when he, got, when he heard it was 80s music. It was Bill and Franklin are, aren't there anymore. You know, assuming whatever. But they did, they weren't there to, to man the radio. Right, right. So, oh, So he that's also, good. he knows what he's walking into when he goes there. He wasn't going to see Bill. Hey, he was just, going to look for surprise.
2: The showrunners here, uh, I, I don't know the name offhand. But-
0: uh, Neil Druckmann, who created the game, and uh, Craig Mazin who did Chernobyl, Chernobyl and prior to that superhero movie, you have to watch
2: Chernobyl. It is, uh, I think, it's one of the best series.
0: Uh, I, I heard very years. good things. I also heard it's like almost unrelentingly bleak.
2: Ooh, yeah, but I mean, I, it is. But I, for that also reason, watch it because it's based to... in reality. In reality, is scarier isn't there than. Like shit. a, isn't there a scene where
0: they have to shoot a bunch of like dogs?
2: Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I yeah,
0: I, I'm. I think that's where I was like, Ugh, I know, I know, you know, they're radiated and, and infected, but also like they're doing a good. I thing. don't want to see that.
2: This isn't like this isn't like a uh, Resident Evil where they have like two heads or anything. I this know is... it's
0: more like a tragedy of like here's another tragedy. Trust of me, tragedy.
2: though. you have to you have to watch it. It's. I, I mean, this and, might but, get as soon me to as watch I knew
0: it. he was on board,
2: that's when I said, okay, I, I have to play the game, which I always wanted to, but I have to do it beforehand because I want to watch this series and I need to uh, to really just you know take it in I, and not regret. Doing and it one way or the different,
0: other. Different director for this episode. But yeah, Greg yeah. Mazin wrote this episode. It was it was a masterpiece. And as you start to see where they're going, in a way, they're finally into the game. Yeah. Which is wild. Do you know how many off episodes? Is it 12? No, I think it's 10, isn't it? I think it's oh nine. No, no, I think it's nine, yeah. I think it's nine. Wow. Because I'm thinking about what they have to get to still.
1: Yeah, there's, I'm, there's I'm, no I'm thinking up. about the, the big plot points and I think they've where they're at right now they've sort of spaced it out effectively
0: like there's not well, going to be a filler episode no no well next episode we see that it's um, uh, uh, the actress we all love uh, Melanie Linsky right? Melanie Linsky oh, yeah. it, and I think I know who she's playing the name escapes but I think I, I realize the character which means that I think we're another episode away from the next like big kind of thing happening yeah. And then we'll be basically halfway.
2: No, it's disheartening disheartening is uh to hear people online say, Oh, this was a filler episode. I'm like, who do you have a heart? Do you have a soul? Are you like are you yeah, a kindly, robot? What's wrong with you? Kindly
0: don't watch television. Yeah,
2: kindly true. go elsewhere. Go back to TikTok and watch someone dance and make a salad. Your horse's ass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's things that I want to get. I want to think about like where it's tying into that I can't yet because of because uh, I don't want to ruin it for Steve. But thank you. Thank I'm sure you. Miles has similar things running through his head. Oh yeah. About, like, oh for sure. Which episode are we going to reach this point? We actually were talking about that in regards to where they're going later on.
1: Well, and also but- they're introducing Tommy into the modern day stuff a lot earlier than
0: they did in the game. Um, yes. So
1: I'm curious if they're going to move some things around potentially to
0: make that well, work. that's what I was thinking. I think, I think Tommy is one episode away, right? Uh, uh, maybe two. Next one. Maybe two. Well, I think th- there probably will be one fewer like Oh, no, we have to go get Ellie back or like, you know, there was a couple of re- repetitious moments set at different parts of the. Of the oh, country. yeah.
1: I, I don't think they're as worried about stuff like that. I think it's going to be no. a lot more like what, what are was the on character like a, moments we can create? Exactly.
0: One was like on a college campus, right? Yeah, that's a little like Colorado State point. or something like that. I, I don't. But that's I pre don't know how Tommy, far... I want to say. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think he might show up around there in the in the game. I think they're also not traversing the country quite as widely as they are in the game. Yeah. Since they're, they don't really know where the fireflies are just yet. No, they don't have as
1: clear. Well, he has, he also hasn't committed to going the full way yet, which spoiler alert, I guess, he does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess the next episode or when he gets to Tommy will be when it's like, Oh, well I'm going to go with her. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Steve. He's going to go with her. I'm not listening to wherever they need to go. Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't think you assumed he was bailing in the next episode.
2: <laughs> the yeah, I thought that was it. Season is, the back half
0: of the episode is uh, is Joel just back at the QZ. He's like, oh, I wonder how that kid's doing. <laughs> yeah. Or, do, or does he even? Um, yeah, he went back to go um, kill Robert again. I don't know. There's not a lot left for him there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but yes, it's brilliant. It's like, I don't know how the Emmys will feel about The Last of Us, but boy, I mean, to win something I, for that episode.
2: I, I think it's going to have to uh,
1: be
0: well represented. One, well, I mean, over the one, years... one, it's
1: got wasn't... that HBO prestige sort yes,
0: of yes. Quality over. did the Walking too. Dead get nominated for best drama here and there over the years at various things, even though it never won? Maybe like their first season or something. Yeah, and, then, and maybe not Emmys, but between like the Globes and and Critics Choice and um, SAG and stuff. I feel like they at least had one time, and like we've seen with some of these places, like. Some of the Mar some of the not necessarily the Marvel shows, but some of the Star Wars shows have yeah. gotten attention. I, I, I and would or, just got Andor, yeah. I would be very surprised. I, I mean, I don't know the competition, but like it sure seems like there's going to be a robust campaign for this show. I mean, I, I, I think imagine. I think this,
2: this, you know, being like, as you say, prestige TV. Um, you show this, also you
0: showcase this episode, right?
2: Yeah, but this is not. Under you know, and the umbrella of Star Wars or Marvel or anything, this is a standalone. No, it's a
0: video game. It's so, a video game.
2: Yeah, thing is, though, the video game thing. I'm like, I, I think it's a shame that, but they it have doesn't to keep feel like it.
1: a video game no, thing. It feels enough. like a the kind of thing HBO would be making anyway. Yeah, yes, exactly.
0: Which is maybe a, a feather in their cap to be able to say, like, on top of all this, this is a fucking video game. Look what we can do. You know, all the, which should mean garbage to you, but instead this is moving and amazing. We'll see. Uh, we're going to keep talking about it every week. So. Oh, so not?
1: I, so I discovered something interesting. The season finale is the same night as the Oscars. Yes. I, I realized that. Oh, also, oh Which, uh. So that's going to be I, quite the episode for us. I mean, so far. Stay yeah, tuned oh, for four hours of us spinning our wheels, ladies and well, gentlemen. Uh, well, here's the problem.
0: Here's the problem with that. If we want to talk a little shop, we normally record our Oscar episode after the Oscars, oh. which means we're going to have to then watch The Last of Us before we do the the Oscar episode. I mean, I can't,
2: I can't be editing at. Uh, I think what we're. Going I to can't do, be editing in the future. That's
0: a problem. I, I think, I, I need I think some the something. way I want to do this is, I think we're going to have to do two episodes. I think we're going to have to do a. Record on Sunday night Oscar reaction show Mm -hmm. that will drop on Monday. Very quick, very dirty. And then on Monday or Tuesday, we'll record for Thursday. And it'll be, now that we're not drunk on the Oscars, what we're thinking. Yeah, I I think we we... did something similar either last year or the year before. And and a big part of it will be the Last of Us finale. I mean, back in the day when it was award circuit, we literally had Mark drunk. So it was like, well, we can only go so long before he passes out. Yeah. I mean, we'll have that same passing out problem here. But uh, yeah, we'll. I guess we'll we'll record and then immediately before we fall asleep, run the watch The Last of Us.
2: I mean, uh, we'll case, figure something out. It. Yeah, that's the thing. If we'll I make could, I could finish it in time. I may Well, actually. Yeah,
0: you have access to it. You could watch it whenever. Yeah.
2: But I only have it for no. I only have it for like another week. So I don't think
0: it's going to happen. I think you're gonna. I think I think you're gonna be able to do it. I think the more you watch, the more you're gonna want to play, which will get you the time. I think you can do it. Uh, um, we'll see. I, like I said, I wish, there, I wish I wish there was
2: to... a a meter showing me how far along I was. If I sure. knew it was at I mean,
0: fifty percent. I would keep letting us know. Like just just message us yeah. periodically and let us know where you're at. We can tell you how it's going. But, also, I wonder if you can contact our our HBO rep. God, does the readers not need to listen to this? But it's okay. And you might be able to say like, listen, we're, we're the finale is Oscar night. Is there any way to get it? You know, yeah. Can I, I, get, another, can I get another week on my links? Let me take. Oh, I, 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 we'll work it out. We'll figure it e- out. Either way, it's, is... it's
2: been enjoyable and it still will oh, be, yeah. you know, if I'm and at the same yeah, pace as you are, so be it.
0: We're loving it. And if you heard this uh, shop talk, listeners, um, enjoy a peek behind the curtain and pay no attention to the man operating <laughs> uh, the machinery. All right. Let's do our other question because it's an annual one that I think we get a big kick out of. All right. Well, we have uh, another question from Ryan McDermott. This is one I think uh, we always like every year. And uh, he has taken filmmakers and given them other projects. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you will in a moment. And by your silence, I think you were puzzled. All right. I'm trying Film to remember. I'm sure off. I'm sure it'll come up as soon as yeah.
1: we get oh, it. Oh, it'll be
0: very clear immediately. Uh, Filmaholic face, face off. Edward Berger's Top Gun Maverick or Todd Field's Avatar The Way of Water? Oh, God.
1: it's It's got to be Todd Field's Avatar. I just want to know what that would look like.
0: No. Yeah. I do think that Edward Berger would make a a similar Top Gun movie. I think he would be. I don't think it would be too different. Yeah. No, I think I think as long as he was able to like let Tom Cruise have what he wants. But Yeah, you well, gotta want to yeah, see. Yeah, if Todd he Field would, if, would if do.
1: he's in the room, ru- if he's assigned to it, he's met with Cruise. The expectations are set. I feel like they yeah. can achieve a similar result.
0: Exactly. Todd Field, given a half a billion dollars, it would be different. God, I wanna, it would be definitely yeah. different.
2: <laughs> Steve. I'm going Todd Field's Avatar. Yeah,
0: all right. The Daniels is Elvis, Mm -hmm. or Baz Luhrmann's All Quiet on the Western Front. I think I think I I don't know that I want to see either of these.
1: Yeah, I think Daniels doing Elvis is a waste of their talent. Yep. I think Boz Lerman all quiet sounds like such a train wreck that I'd at least be morbidly curious.
2: <laughs> I yeah, guess that. I thought I'd be the only one. Yeah, that's what I'm going yeah.
1: with as well. All
0: right. Joseph Kaczynski's Women Talking. Oh, God. <laughs> which, by, by the way, Miles finally saw Women Talking. So there you uh, go. Oh, yeah. Two second review. It's fine. We're cut. Yeah. I, you were bound to have one of those this year, and I did, pegged it as Women Talking. So. His women talking or Martin McDonough's the Fablemans. Oh, Martin McDonough's the
1: Fablemans. I wanna see that movie. Yes. Like, if you think like what's the movie that like you most associate with like underage kids cursing? Because whatever it is, it would be replaced by this. Yeah, basically. Steve. No, I'm gonna go with uh Kaczynski's women talking. Women talking? What could it
2: possibly be? It'd be <laughs> You know, it's I be, think it's very clear they choose
0: they choose stay and fight.
2: Yeah. And it's bigger and better very than very
0: early on. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie is about the fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's actually it's a prequel to how Francis McDormand got her scar. Oh god. Yeah. It it starts um, at the very
2: end and there's a roadblock and that's it. Game on.
0: <laughs> they turn and fight. <laughs> we have All two right. options. Oh, I'm liking it. Yeah, we're selling ourselves on this. Uh, Ruben Ostland's Tar or Sarah Polly's The Banshees of Inish
1: Uh Sarah Polly's Banshees, I feel like she would be able to give like, it, it wouldn't be that different maybe, but she would be able to navigate sort of the intricacies of that relationship. Uh, and the other one just, it doesn't sound different enough from what I don't like about that movie in the first place.
0: Yeah, I don't think I need a more pretentious filmmaker making that movie that already leans right up against becoming pretentious. Mm. Yeah, I'm, uh,
2: I mean, I agree with you, but I'd see both.
0: Sure. <laughs> oh, and, and boy, Ryan, you left the best one for last. James Cameron's Triangle of Sadness. Mm. Or Steven Spielberg's Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, oh man.
1: That's a I z- mean... I feel like we saw James Cameron's Triangle of Sadness. It's Titanic. Yes. Um, I think and S- Spielberg's Everything Everywhere. I have no idea what we would see, but I would like to. I think it was Ready Player One. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. May- well, l- I, let I, me I see know, Ready, going Ready going Player One without drowning in 80s nostalgia. How about that? I don't yeah. think that movie gets made otherwise. Yeah, well, it's five minutes well, long. You do because it's Spielberg's Everything Everywhere. Well, there you go. I think we solved this. We cracked the code. We cracked yeah. the code to make Ready Player One not have to exist. True. <laughs> Even though I do like that movie, I like the
0: book, so yeah. I think I like the movie. It's I mean, forgettable. It's incredibly forgettable.
2: It's it's something to have on in the background. Say, hey, I know it's it's the uh, it's the meme. It's the Leonardo DiCaprio
0: meme. I sure I know was, that. <laughs> I saw that a, movie. It was a it was a very very enjoyable theatrical experience. Yeah, for I me. Mean, in that, I was like, all right, this my is what kids enjoyed out. it. Is. Sure. It's big. It's flashy. Spielberg's having a good time. I think it would have been unwatchable maybe with someone else.
1: I think it's pretty unwatchable in its current form, but go <laughs> ahead.
0: Uh, mm. You're ruining our interview with Steven Spielberg. He knows it's his worst film. No, we're
2: not, because we're going to no, talk to him it's about it's everything film. everywhere.
0: All right. we found, Okay, now we have to do this. Steven Spielberg's worst film. It's, it's probably in 1942. I don't know, man. I think Ready Player One is pretty rough. <laughs> um, Let me see Here. All right. Let's play a quick game of, of better or worse. Well, I mean, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say better everything, but let's see. Um, I'm going to skip over the ones that are clearly good.
1: Well, yeah, don't give me the terminal. I like the
2: terminal. Oh, no. No, I'm, right, I, so- well, I've got my answer for his worst. Ready Player One mm-hmm. or 1941?
1: I haven't seen 1941, so I only know of it being bad by, like, its reputation.
0: Okay. Um, Ready Player One or Hook?
1: I mean, I don't really like Hook, but I think Ready Player One's I really worse.
0: Like uh, I think Hook is worse. Uh, Ready Player One of The Lost World?
1: I, know, I like The Lost World fine. I do too. It's not as good as Jurassic Park, but it's not horrible.
0: Sure. Uh, Ready Player One of The Terminal? I like The Terminal. We know I like The Terminal. Yeah, I like The Terminal too. We might be one of the f- two of the few. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. I, 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 it's weird. Like that movie has a rep of no one liking it.
1: And yet I love it. I've, I've never sure
0: talked have. to anyone about it who didn't like it. I remember notably like as a kid seeing it. So it was a 2004 release. So I would have been. 16, 17, something like that. So like probably not the the, the target audience. Right. Um, and talking to like a teacher about it and like an older teacher was like, I hated that movie. I'm like, really? I thought it would be like made for you. Then again, I showed it to my ex when we were, uh, like, right around this time, like, last year, as, like, a post-Sundance cool-down movie. Like, here's the opposite of a Sundance movie, and I think the answer was, like, that was fine. And I was a little crushed. I was like, this wasn't, like, just a delight? (sighs) In any event. um, Ready Player One or
1: Crystal Skull? That one's closer, but Crystal Skull at least has its moments. All right.
0: Ready Player One or the BFG?
1: No, nah, I like the BFG. <laughs> you
0: might nah, be the only one who saw it.
2: No, I've seen it. It's it's okay.
1: But That might be his biggest failure, right? Maybe. That was a, that was Although a he hasn't exactly been doing well with the last few in general. Well, Fateman did not cost as much, which helps. Hey, you, we, we think- missed
2: one. the. Uh, I think his biggest stinker, one of them, is uh, The Adventures of Tintin.
1: No, get out of here! Get what out of here! Listen, I, don't I care rewatched about that one. it just like a week ago. It is
0: delightful. Oof. It is. I don't care about it, but I know that Miles liked it, so I gave him the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. I mean, all right. Um, one more thing to talk about, and that is the Andrea Riseborough hubbub. Um, we kind of didn't spend a ton of time on it last week because we were like, "All right, cool. Like, good for her." I briefly mentioned that, like, you know, I, I understand the people who are bummed that, like two actresses of color didn't get in at the expense. And like, you know, would they have had the same campaign if they were, they were in a smaller film? I understand all of that. It is interesting that people have so chosen sides on this issue very quickly as the, the Academy has decided to have a a meeting about whether one of the people, sort of the boosters as it were, maybe crossed the line in, uh, in the campaign. I don't think it's ever going to result in her not being nominated anymore. That seems very extreme. I think the, uh, the Academy member in question might get a slap on the wrists, but you do see people like very, very quickly like taking sides loudly and perhaps annoyingly. I don't know. I don't feel like anyone... Wait, on film Twitter? <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> right? But like, I don't feel like anyone is, is looking particularly good out of this, you know? Even people who I think are, are coming at it from a from a good place, perhaps? I don't know. There's definitely people who are just enduring, endure, enjoying stirring the pot. But I, I don't I don't know. We talked about this a little off air. How like we're all like I don't know that I have a strong opinion about this. I didn't even
1: fully understand what the issue was at first, and even after you explain it to me, I still don't really know that I get it or think that it's anything to really talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My again, the point I come back to, and maybe it's an obvious point, but like whatever infraction happened can't be worse than the
0: shit Weinstein was doing back in the day. Well, that's, so that's an, a very interesting point. And I think you you bring that up, and it's worth bringing, it's worth talking about. Because he was sort of the king of, of never necessarily breaking the rules, but figuring out how to properly skirt them. And that would be the equivalent of you know, where can I go and target people who aren't being campaigned to? Like the notorious like going to like the Hollywood retirement uh, homes where there's a lot of Academy members and being like, you guys are going to love Philomena, you know, things like that, which are, you know, not everyone's doing, but I, 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 we just, I don't think we've necessarily seen this particular campaign. So to some degree, they just don't know what to do with it. So much of the, of the award season industry, which we're part of admittedly, is based on like large amounts of money being spent to host events, to do get screeners out. You know, the only reason I saw this damn movie is because I, I saw, I got a link when I wanted to interview Mark Maron. And then later on, they doubled back to have me interview Andrew Riseborough, which who's looking, who's smelling like a rose now. Um, But these are, you know, look at how most other places, other studios and other films are campaigned. It's very much based on get the screener out, get screenings out, have an event. You know, there's a little bit less of that than there used to be. And all of this was largely other people she's worked with essentially emailing other people like, you know, you should watch it to Leslie. Also, worth noting, this doesn't work every year. This doesn't work in a different kind of best actress race. I think it was the perfect sort of stew of there being two front runners really sucking up most of the air. A, but then that second three that could have been anything. Exactly. Like the, mm-hmm. the Michelle Yao and Kate Blanchett are going to go toe-to-toe for the Oscar, right? We knew that very early on. Michelle Williams, we thought maybe when they announced her lead, it was like, okay, that seems like more of an uphill battle for a win, but I wouldn't knock her out. I still think she's probably the third – I mean very very clearly seems like the number three. Yeah. Uh, I think people tried to convince themselves she was more vulnerable because we like to do that. And also the supporting actress thing, which honestly, I think didn't come close, but maybe there were enough votes there that lowered her count a little bit. And those votes then went to other people. Or if you were like, oh, maybe I'll move her to supporting where I don't care as much about some of the nominees and I can I can cast a wider net. But then you had, you had you know, Danielle Deadwadler seen as probably safe, but also didn't show up in a ton of places. Not in terms of events, in terms of nominations, like didn't check off all the things that you would normally want when back when we sort of thought thought she might be number three. Yeah. So that that knocks her down a peg or two. You have Viola Davis who doesn't have all the things she needs to get in and is in a film that you worry is forgotten about, but has an Oscar, has has the biggest name of the group of contenders in that sense. And, you know, I think the the SAG nomination very much colors people's judgment i i did i told you guys like remember they love her so maybe it doesn't mean quite as much as everyone wants to make it seem but she's certainly right there in it right yeah and then you have anna de Armas, who you talked about it when we talked about um who was most likely to win eventually sort of just at the end came on strong enough that you would be surprised as if she wasn't there yeah it it was you know netflix needed needed uh an acting contender to push that certainly helps. even if you didn't like the film, you didn't think she was bad. There's enough people who still like the film. The film was more um, divisive than disliked. I think the people who just don't like it, hated it enough that they won't they won't even say that other people liked it, which is its own own thing. Mm-hmm. And she's so much the sweet spot for what the Academy likes in that category. So you have that like mixed together. and then that last spot, you have, you know Andrew Rosborough, who's very good in the movie that if you saw it, you liked her. But what was, impl- what was imploring you to see it until this ca- this sort of mini-campaign? Whereas, you know, who are the other contenders, Jim? Margot Robbie? Like, nobody was banging down the door to not like her at the end for Babylon. So there's this perfect storm where a, like, insurgent can kind of get in. But in another year where you feel like there's five or six, like, big contenders, it's a lot harder. It, you t- it takes a year where there's only a couple of, like, people most of them are talking about and the rest are seen as almost filler. Um... Which is to say, not all the time. I, I I don't I really don't know. Like I don't I don't think there could ever be an answer to this that involves taking a away nomina- a nomination away from someone, because that also I think doesn't work with a, the actors branch. Like, can you imagine the shitstorm that'll that'll stir mm-hmm. up? Yeah. There's no way. Even if something underhanded did happen, I don't think they would ever do it. I think it's just there's no way to make that work. With below-the-line stuff, it's a little easier because they don't care. <laughs> they tried to take that stuff off the show entirely. So we know where they stand. Yeah. But but I do wonder if this leads to some, like, small rules change, which I do think might be a bad precedent. Because in a bubble, this is a good thing that a no-budget film can get nominated, right? That right. you can get a performance on the radar if you try hard enough, if you make the effort, if people in the industry don't just be like, it's a shame that Andrew Riseborough is not being nominated. And they actually go, you know what? Hey, po- it, like legal pyramid scheme, you tell two friends and they tell two friends. And suddenly you've got a bunch of people watching this also. And this is something that frustrated me when you listen to everyone have an opinion. Some people don't know that these things are available on the Academy screening platform. Because like, Oh, the movie made $12,000. How did so many voters watch it? Well, they, they watched it on their links the same way they watched a number of things. So like, that's also a modern thing. I think, 10, 15 years ago, it's a lot harder for this to happen because you have to actually yeah. go to a screening, or an event. And Steve, you have this especially because you're, you know, you're in, you're in Jersey. Sorry if people didn't know that. And I have it to a lesser degree because I'm lazy. You'll get invited to things and sometimes be like, I don't know if I want to, like, oh yeah, put sure. clothes on and 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 get on the train and and make an evening of watching a movie that I know I can watch at home or like a movie I may not have gone to see otherwise mm-hmm. or. Or, an actor that I'm not like enamored with. You know, we, we get the invite of like, hey, Ben Affleck's doing a thing. Like, yeah, I want to spend time with Ben Affleck. But when they're like, oh, Andrew Riseborough is doing an event, you may go like, oh, okay, cool, good for them. Like, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. with that. Yeah,
2: snap your fingers, be there, snap your fingers, be home, different story. But add kids, work, and every other, you know, all the other things into the equation. And you're like, all right, yeah, there's a lot of times you go, man, uh, you know, two years ago, maybe I'd be jumping at this. Uh, But right now I'm like, yeah, I've got stuff to do.
0: But I also understand the flip side of people who are upset that like, well, of sure, it's great that a small campaign, non campaign can work, but also look at who's handling it. Look who it's the beneficiary of, you know, as opposed to, you know, what if what if Danielle Deadweiler was into Leslie, would she have gotten the same campaign? I think the fair answer is no fair answer is no. And that's a that's more of a, a systemic problem within the industry, and, and I'll go so far as to say society on the whole. But it doesn't necessarily mean to to take this to task. I think it's I think it's right to have complicated feelings about it. Yeah. You know. Whereas if just on nomination morning it had been Margot Robbie, I mean I think she's good in, in Babylon. I might even prefer her to Danielle Deadwater. But you would definitely look at that askance as like, well, well, why did why did they, they snub her? It would feel more like a snub. Yeah. Here it here it almost feels like the bad luck of like just enough people forgot about that performance and went, Oh, this Andrew Risborough thing. Like, I'm in. And that's that's its own thing. Besides the fact of the, the 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 campaign question, which is mainly based around, I believe, one Academy member, Francis Fisher, and whether she went too far on her social media in like campaigning. You're you're allowed to campaign as like like you're allowed to say, here's a movie I loved. You're really not allowed to say like, you got to vote this number one. You know, there's, there's a level at which it goes to like advocating to like campaigning that you're not allowed to do. So I think she might've skirted and or violated that, which I don't think really matters for Andrew riseborough but it's all become a bit of a mess. Um, there's a, there's an article, I forget exactly what, where, uh, where it's, it's at. Um, but it was it went into it pretty, pretty well. Puck News, I think, was the, the site. Um, it's a former Hollywood reporter or, um, journalist. So they, they have a pretty good write up. If You want to check it out. But um, I'm curious what everyone else thinks, just because I don't know that I have a fully formed opinion. I don't want her nomination taken away, but I also don't want a sort of backdoor just oh we can do something because it wasn't the academy going hey let's take a nomination away from a black actress but you sort of don't want the mechanism to be there for like oh just in case we can do this not that that's what they were doing but like I don't know I understand when it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths
2: right I mean there's so much there's so much that we don't know so it's like
0: sure and and probably we'll never know
2: yeah so at this point I mean slap some hands and when it comes down to it, hey, if you're a voter, vote for who you want uh, yeah. and, and put them in. That's the only way they get in. It's, a, it's like, you know, it's I mean, they would say that every election and every other time that democracy should uh, prevail. Uh, go out there and make your selections. But vote with your dollar. Vote with your vote.
0: But if you don't, yeah. oh, well, it hey, happens. So I, I understand any sour grapes on someone's part. And I understand joy on someone's part and and perhaps the truth is a little bit messier in between. But
2: I mean it was exciting on a a nomination morning and then now afterwards like uh, it stinks that it's gotta always gonna have this negativity. Yeah, it's never
0: gonna be it's never gonna be the like, remember that wild moment where she got nominated the last minute? Yeah. It's gonna be the like, remember that like shit storm that happened when she got nominated the last minute? Yeah. And like I don't know. I I, like I said And that's what you don't want it to be about that at the end of the day. No. Imagine if Somebody got snubbed and they just threw a shit fit for like a hot second. It it'll be entertaining and like, oh my God, I think they're losing their mind. But then afterwards you just have that memory of like, oh, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Like I, we, I like when they have a sense of humor about it. Like didn't Albert Brooks tweet, you don't like me. You really don't like me <laughs> when he, yeah, got, yeah. when he missed, it's like, yeah, he, he was fine with it. Um, but if like, like, if, like last year, if Lady Gaga had missed, well, I mean, she did miss But if she had gone on like this tangent about like they don't respect actresses who are also singers. And I went – I went – I committed to that part and did all the things that are just exhausting that someone might do. And maybe they do behind the scenes. Like we all have our complaints behind the scenes that we wish people didn't see. Can you imagine what you would feel after that? Like, oh, no. I'm just kind of done with this. Like I don't want to – I don't want you anywhere near this again if that's how you feel. yeah, We want you to want it and then not want it when you don't get it. And there's a little bit of – of that kind of brewing, not with the actresses who missed, but some of the filmmakers involved. Um, yeah. I don't think it was this underhanded plot to take a nomination away from someone. I think it was this last minute being enamored with a performance. They didn't, they honestly didn't know about until then. And the chips kind of fell where they fell. I talked about this last week. Like, you know, you can be pissed that Andrew Riseborough and Anna DeArmis are there at the expense of uh, Daniel Deadwater and Viola Davis, even though I don't think that's how that worked out. But remember that Anadomeris is not just another like white, white, white lady. Like there's a more complicated answer here, and representation comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes. So it's all a mess. No one's gonna be happy, and uh it's 2023 and dumpster fires abound. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Well, let's call it let call it a night and call it an episode. Next week we'll probably talk more we'll talk more about The Last of Us. And we'll see what the uh, state of the race is next week. I'll have updated my predictions to have my first like winner set. So we'll we'll take a look then. Um, but for now, um, you'll say where you can be followed. And I know you hate Dealer's Choice. <clears throat> Tell me a filmmaker you hope directs an episode of The Last of Us season two. Oh, that's interesting. Far enough in advance to be kind of like whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. And um, stay tuned eventually for pre-production on the Dead Stay Horny. The Dead Stay <laughs> Horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get into pre-pro. Um, I have to call my lawyer uh director last for...
2: part out. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll make a note of that
1: yeah. uh director for the last of us part two how about um Zach Krager wow. from Barbarian I'd love to see nice. what his take would be on any of it nice Steve um you can follow me
2: on twitter and letterboxd at FilmSnork. Uh, also give it listen to the verse where we are also covering The Last of Us. I think these uh, conversations comp- complement each other well. Miles, call my lawyer. F- fill in the blanks for both. Um, so give them a listen uh, at the first cast on Twitter. And uh, so this just came out now. The news just dropped that Showtime is being absorbed by Paramount Plus. On top of that, we're losing a lot of the Showtime series that are out there. And one of them is let the right one in which i highly recommend and it's not going to be absorbed it's going to just completely be wiped so get your shot in to watch it it's great and it deserves more attention than it had gotten and i guess it will not ever get that because it's going to be gone forever so check it out uh let the right one in and also if you go to awards radar you can see some interviews i did with the cast and the showrunner um as for a director to take on that uh my god uh Let's go with. Uh, I have one. Hold on.
1: Let's go with Edgar Wright. Oh, that's a big swing. Yeah, cool.
0: But he's. A, I, I feel like
1: he's a gamer type. I feel like he'd be into it. Yeah,
0: yeah totally. Yeah. Well, you, uh,
2: you know, you got the Shaun of the Dead connection, so you know you're, you're going to have some connectivity there. But also, I think you know, you know, as you saw in, in the last night in Soho, last night in Soho, that he's. He wants to venture out, so I think he can uh, connect the worlds.
0: The last of Soho.
2: Not the last of Soho.
0: Yeah, t- yeah, it's, it's the hybrid. Is that um, what I said?
2: I'm tired, no, dude. I'm making fun of you.
0: Oh. Uh well it's no no, you did you said it right. Oh. Um, you can find cool. me, Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, um, all that stuff. Awards radar is on several platforms. I'll go Michael Sarnowski, the director of PIG. Oh mm. nice. Yeah. I think I think thematically he could handle the material quite well. Well, and
1: also, he's doing that uh, spin off of A Quiet Place, so he's kind of already in that mindset.
0: Oh, is he- exactly. Oh, okay. I think we got him. I think it's yeah. perfect. All right. Well, we'll be Fantastic. back next week. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe, go to the movies, and uh, yeah. We still have. <laughs> almost two months left until the oscars isn't that crazy a, just fucking get it over february, with <laughs> all of february and then two weeks in march so good lord boy we won't have more craziness happening like way andrew rise um in the meantime enjoy the last of us enjoy us and we'll see you at the movies bye y'all thanks for listening Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.